my name is Tony, and I'm the pastor here. I have the privilege of serving here as the pastor at Wellspring. Really glad to have you. If you're new, visiting, checking us out, if you're from another part of the world and you've flown in for today, we're glad to have you. One of the things we're going to do this morning is we're going to continue in our, we're sort of in this topical series. This is our last week. Uh, Three weeks ago, we talked about uh, Matthew 6 and what does it look like to seek first the kingdom of God. Two weeks ago, we talked about the pearl of great price and this hidden treasure in a field. Last week, we talked about Acts 2, and what does it look like to seek first the kingdom communally? And this week, we're going to do something a little different. You know, I think it's easy sort of in the Christian life to think that seeking first actually begins and it sort of originates in us. Uh, But what we're going to do today is actually turn it around a little bit and sort of look at how seeking first is really at its core about remembering God's faithfulness to us. That God is the first mover in our lives as individuals and as a community. And when we actually look at the scriptures, you see this push throughout the Hebrew Bible to remember God's faithfulness. You see it in Deuteronomy 24, 18 says this, Remember you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Right? There's an invitation to remember right? that the, the Hebrew people were trapped in slavery and God set them free. You see it in the Psalms time and time again. One example would be Psalm 107, 8 and 9. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfied the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. This idea of remembering and giving thanks. First Chronicles, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. In the New Testament, one of my favorite stories in this vein is about Jesus and these 10 lepers. This is how the story reads. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. He was going into a village and 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And they went and they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. There's a lot going on in this passage. The main thing I want to sort of highlight is, This guy's response, right? So these guys are walking through a village. They call out in their place of need. They call out for God to come near. He does. He says, okay, go show yourself to the priest, right? And the reason he does this is the way that they were sort of officially allowed to re-engage in community and go to the temple is they needed a priest to say, you're clean, right? So on the way going there, they realize, whoa, we've been cleansed, right? And then nine of them, in their excitement, they're like, this is the greatest day ever, right? They continue going on to the priest. Now, one of them does something different, right? Rather than just in his excitement, all the cool things are happening, rather than just continuing to the priest, what does he do? The text says a few things. It says he's praising with a loud voice. There's this sense of overwhelming gratefulness that isn't like, oh, yay, God. It's like, yes, Right? And then what does he do? He throws himself at the feet of Jesus, showing Jesus like, man, thank you. It wasn't just like, give me a high five, fist bump, right? It's like, throws him out, himself at the feet of Jesus and says, thank you. And what we're going to do this morning is simply 
be like this leper because God has done amazing things in this place over the last year in the lives of individuals and as a community. And what we're going to do this morning is we're going to turn back and say to God, thank you. It wasn't by our might. It wasn't by our wisdom. It wasn't by our ingenuity or creativity, but it was by the grace and glory of God that this place has changed as much as it has. So if you're sort of new, visiting, kind of curious what I'm even talking about, I want to invite two people up that are elders in our community and have been a part of this church for, I think both of them have been here over 40 years. Paul's been here a little longer. He's been here like 55. I think Gary's been here in the mid-40s though. So if you guys could come up, give him a round of applause. I'm going to have them share a little bit. So I asked them to have, maybe you want to come on that side so we're soon, you guys, I can only, then we don't have to panned the microphone both ways. Um, So the three questions, the first is, what was it like two years ago? Right? So part of our story starts about two years ago. So what was, what was it like two years ago? Paul, you want to go first? Thank you. Yeah. I can get choked up every Sunday morning remembering what it was. Uh, Not two years ago, but three years ago, we had a... (laughs) <laughs> wow. <laughs> Three years ago, we found ourselves in a major crisis of conflict over the direction of the worship service, whether it should be contemporary or whether it should be uh, traditional. Yeah. And uh, that boiled itself up and to a conflict. Many people left because of, of that. And, uh, and we were searching for a new pastor at that time. God sent us a series of miracles that just showed us all that God was with us, mm. was going to be with us. He's in a transitional pastor that led us through a very rigorous looking at ourselves and what God wants us to be through his word. And at the end of that period, which brought us to almost two years ago, yeah. we, were, we were united in purpose. We knew we had to resolve any conflict. We knew we wanted to reach out to young families. and uh, But we were kind of like, how are we, how are we going to get there? We have no money to pay a pastor to be able to, with a young family, to live in Pacific Grove. We have no money to go through a search process for a new pastor. And you've heard the story of uh, Pastor Rick Duncan coming out of the blue and saying, well, He's at Carmel I'll, Press. Carmel was, Press, yeah. I'll help you. And, and by the way, there's somebody in our church that has planted churches all over uh, the country, five, over 500 of them. Mike Murphy, he's willing to help. But we need to work through how that's going to work. So God not only sent us a series of miracles of the finances, but the contacts to lead us to Tony, uh, but to also uh, show us a, a way we had to change who we are. And it was through developing a memorandum of understanding that we would all give up our own personal preferences for the sake of the fact that this is not our church, but this is God's church. This is Christ's church. He is the head of this church. So the whole governance would change that would come down through the spirit, through, through the pastor, and the pastor, the authority to really develop his staff and, uh, and set directions with the full support of the, of the session. This is revolutionary in a Presbyterian church. But we were in a place where 
it was a clear sign from God that he was with us, he was sending these miracles, and it was over 90% of the people that were left at that time that said, yay, yay, let's do it. Okay. And so that led us to the point where many people left because they couldn't give up their personal preferences. And maybe half of the original are here, but it's just a great reminder to me in terms of God's with being with us, that he wanted us to, to be to prosper and to be here and that he would lead us, he would send us the miracles, the wherewithal. I'm just extremely thankful and that's a great testimony. Part of my testimony in my life is the last three years, how that happened, how that revolutionized my faith. Carrie, you want to add something to that? Ditto, ditto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's too easy. I think for me, uh, most of what Paul... He's, he's laid it out pretty well. But for me, I think personally, just um, having gone through, we've had some changes before, but the last one, two years ago, was, that was like, okay, Lord, are you removing the lampstand here? And it was really depressing. I started thinking, well, where will you go? You know, and all those type of thoughts. And so it was really one of those real downers, just kind of thing, what, what's going to happen? And then the things that Paul mentioned about um, Rick calling and saying, we've been praying for you and we want to help you. Whoa. um, So that was like a a ray of hope amid that. And said, well, looks like he's not removing it yet, which was a a good sign. But um, there were still a lot of questions about well, how's this going to work, and what's it going to look like? And so, basically, I think for me, it was just really encouraging to know that um, God wasn't done here yet. Hmm. So to see, for you, more specifically, it was just sort of seeing God is not abandoning you. Like, in this moment of sort of desperation, and this moment of, like, are we just going to close the doors? Like, is this over? I was like, oh, God isn't finished with us. And there's this connection between letting go of our preferences and allowing God to work um, was sort of central to that story for you guys. Yeah, it's like being in the valley, and God has all these things over the mountain, but you're in the valley, and you can't see that. And it was one of those things where you get to the top, and you go, whoa, that he's got some yeah. other things going on. So it was cool. I was really grateful for that. Thank you, guys. Let's give them a round of applause. Thank you, guys. I thought it might be helpful, too, to hear a little bit. You get a little bit of the backstory, right? These are folks that have been in here a long time, getting to this place of like, whoa, is God giving up on us? Uh, But then there's also this, you know, most of you guys have come in the last six, you know, six months, three months, uh, maybe giving a couple of you guys a space to share, too. So I want to invite... Elizabeth, I don't know if you want to come up first and share briefly um, some of how sort of God has maybe, I don't know, shown himself faithful to you. Good morning. Um, My first visit to Wellspring was on Palm Sunday this past March. Um, A dear friend had invited me several times and, uh, as it turned out, had also been praying for me to come and experience Jesus in this place. Initially, I was hesitant because of pain caused from some past relationships. 
Have you ever been hurt by people you care about? Maybe even people in the church? Me too. Um, And it took a while for me to heal. But while in this season, I didn't stop believing the truth about God's character, that he's good and he loves me and is so faithful regardless of my actions. But I had difficulty living as though I believed that, and I let myself stay busy and focused on other things rather than allowing God to work on my heart. A couple of months ago, I took a step of faith and attended the Wednesday night uh, Bible study led by Paul and Joan Davis's big hearts and warm smiles. I was welcomed in as if I had, everybody had known me forever as we examined the book of Colossians. As I listened to the others in the group share about their love for God and his word and their eagerness to share him with others, I was deeply moved and inspired to do the same. Then just recently, I came to a small women's gathering here called Women at the Well, and it was such a sweet time. In, a small, in small groups of four to six ladies, um, we were given the opportunity to share a little bit about what's going on in our lives and demonstrate our care for one another by praying for each other. It was simple but so nourishing. It's amazing how when we're vulnerable and we are willing to share with one another how impactful that can be. Over the past eight months since coming to Wellspring, God has brought healing to old wounds and life back into my relationship with him. Little by little, as I've chosen to engage in different environments offered here for us to encounter God, his Holy Spirit, and one another, he's helped me remember that it is in him that true life resides. One of the things I love about Wellspring is that there are many opportunities to connect however God is leading you. Whether it's being part of the worship service and learning from the word taught by Pastor Tony, serving in children's ministry, attending small group gatherings, or visiting after church over snacks and coffee. I'm so grateful for the people of this church who prayed and chose to trust God and obey him and let him build this body in order to show and share the love of Jesus to all who enter. My prayer is that God would continue to deepen our thirst for and knowledge of of him, build relationships with one another, and as a result, he would expand our influence for Jesus. Let's give her a round of applause. Danielle, you want to come up too? Hello. For me, Wellspring has been a reconnection to my relationship with the Lord. I felt this place where I've learned to dive deeper into God's word, to hear the history, to understand the context, and to see and hear the connection God's word has had in my own life. My first purpose attending this church was to help my children understand and learn about God, and I found a welcoming small community here at Wellspring. I found that I was also learning not only about God, but a lot about myself. In the year that I've been attending, I've, been joined, I've joined the small side communities, and I've learned that the sharing of my life story and being open and vulnerable and hearing other stories, some of past pain or present circumstances, has made room in my heart and spirit for forgiveness and much of it towards myself. While life can more often than I'd prefer feel like a drought, I've been reminded that God always provides. He's always got my back as well as my family. And even when I'm flustered with my crazy schedules and demanding family needs, God has been a constant anchor in my life. 
Thank you. Let's give a round of applause. Thank you. I think it's been amazing to see God work um, both in the larger setting, right? Like you're seeing this sort of process of God breathing life into this community, but also into the process of individuals and their lives. And I, you know, it's funny, you know, I stand up here all the time and I talk and, you know, it's sort of this thing of like, you know, as I was thinking about today, I was thinking about Thanksgiving, I was trying to think of like, what is it for me? right? What am I most grateful for, right? Because in doing a church plant or a replant, there's highs, there's lows, there's times when certainly over this last year when I have felt worried or stressed or afraid, disillusioned, doubting, and just sort of like I'm flailing a little bit. And what's been, I think, the most amazing part for me is in that moment of doubt, in that moment of confusion or worry, I feel like God has drawn near and in those places, actually, my worry has been transformed into worship. There's a few points in the New Testament, but one in particular I just want to highlight this morning. This is what Paul writes in Philippians 4. He says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is how Eugene Peterson translates it in the message. He says this, Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praise shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. I think this is, when I think about this last year, it's this experience of when I'm stressed or worried or afraid, seeing God draw near. And as I sort of, God draws near to me, being able to experience the wholeness and the peace of Jesus. Sometimes we think, you know, life is all about these mountaintop experiences. Sometimes I feel like it's actually in the bottom of the valley that God shows up most powerfully. And and Paul isn't this guy who's like some sitting on his couch, sipping this delicious Galilean wine, like sort of philosophizing about life. Likely when he writes Philippians, he's in jail. So Paul isn't saying, hey, life isn't hard, get over it. What he is saying is that God is bigger than the hard parts of our life. And he says this profound statement. He says, the peace of God will guard us. He's saying like there is a a garrison of soldiers that will stand protecting our mind from worry, from fear, from anxiety, that the peace of God will sort of guard us and guard us from the fears, the worries and anxieties that haunt us. So for me, as I sort of think about this year and what I'm most grateful for, it's really this moment when I have the choice to sort of either freak out, right, or try harder, right? So this is sort of often what we try and do. We either freak out and sort of go to the fridge and stuff our faces and watch five Netflix, or, right, or we just think, all I'm going to do is I'm just going to try harder. I'm going to run faster. I'm going to push harder. And I think in both of those, it doesn't help. I think what I've learned this year is that when I let go into the presence of Jesus, that he shows up. And I experience the peace of God in ways that settles me, the wholeness of God in ways that I feel fragmented. 
And in that moment, my worries, my anxieties, and fears are transformed into the worship of the God that I love. But I want to take a moment this morning and not just have people sort of standing on the stage stage saying things. I just want to actually create a moment this morning where if you want to share something you're grateful for, we're going to have two mics going on each side. And this is a time just to say something simple. This isn't a time to, we are limited on time and there's a few people here. So this isn't like, this isn't a life story moment. This is like a two to three sentences of how God has proved himself faithful. This is a time to share in testimony, hey, that the goodness of God is not just on a stage on Sunday morning, but is in our lives, no matter where we sit, no matter what we do. So this is an opportunity for you to give glory to God for his faithfulness to you. Uh, And Paul and Michael have microphones, so if you would like to say something, you can raise your hand. And you don't have to be an adult to share. Josiah, you really want to share? Or not? All right. Yeah. Um, Hi, I'm Christina. I don't know if I met all you, but um, I'm thankful for finding this church in a time when um, we weren't sure if our baby would survive. Um, This church came together, prayed for us, came to our home, and became a great family for us. So I'm thankful for this church, and I'm thankful our baby as well. Others? Anyone? I don't mind a little awkward silence. (laughs) Hi, I'm PJ, and I've been here only 30 years. And uh, this is where I came to Christ, so I'm eternally grateful for that. I was just a seeker at the time. And I still have a long way to go. (laughs) But I think that I am most grateful this year for the new thing that God is doing here and all the and the wonderful new body of Christ that he has formed. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else? All right, I'm going to give this to Lily in a second, but we're thankful that we found a family church. Uh, being in the military, we have to do some speed dating with churches pretty quickly to figure out what we're going to call home. So we're just very happy that we found a church uh, that we walked in and we knew right away that this is, you know, someplace that Lily can grow and learn and have great friends and learn to love God. So thank you. I'm thankful for our friends and family. Thank you. Anyone else? This is Clara. She wanted to say something. I'm thankful for my loving family. And I'm Melinda, and I am overwhelmed at God's care for our family. We moved here a little over a year ago, sort of on a mission, um, and it's been an amazing adventure, but he has profoundly cared for us, personally, our family, and we just moved into a home a few weeks ago, and many of you in the community prayed for that for us, so I want to give him praise for that, and just thanks to his abundant goodness in our lives.
my parents uh, live in North Carolina, and uh, my dad's 92, and my mom's 89, and they've lived in their house since 1958, and my siblings and I, have for years, have been encouraging them to move into a retirement community, um, and they've been adamantly opposed to that. And uh, even as recently as March, when Janet and I visited them, they said, no, no, we're never going to move out. And then uh, I had two different congregations praying for them and a host of others. And my sister, who lives on the East Coast, intervened in a miraculous way. And, mm. and so my parents moved in in August. And uh, they're happy in this new uh, place. And, we, and we're so grateful because they're safe now. And it's, it really was an act of God. Thank you. I'm thankful for Amy and John Eldridge and the rest of the music ministry. Yeah. We'll try. This is going to be interesting. He's thankful for me, everybody. <laughs> um, and while I have the microphone, I'm Jeannie. I happen to be married to that guy on the stage there. And there were there were some tough days where I was cleaning out children's closets and rooms and purging things. And um, I remember, gosh, a year and a half ago, doing all this work and being like, Lord, I, I see kids here. And I see, ah, oh, it's going to make me cry. Um, I see kids more than just the few. So if you are a little person, can you stand up if you are 18 and younger? Can you stand up for me? Can you say, stand up? Wave your hands if you're short so everyone sees you. <laughs> because I am grateful for all of you. So. Paul, did you want to offer one last one? Sure. <clears throat> sure. Um, I was about that little when I came to this church, so <laughs> I'm the older version of, of him. Uh, what, well, I, I've just thought of one brief thing. Over the years, when there's been good and, good and not so good, uh, we have always reminded ourselves that God has been, his spirit has been on this corner for over 100 years. And he's always been faithful to those who have been faithful to him. And so I think that's two years ago. Hmm. We decided to be faithful to him because he's proved himself hmm. in this very place. So that's what's been encouraging to me. Thank you. One of the things that's just so clear to me is that over the last year, Jesus has been doing this new thing in this place. And when we first started, it was uh, this verse from Isaiah. 
There is, uh, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And over the last 15 months, we've seen God do this. It's a picture of God bringing life. It's a picture of God in the place of like wondering, is God going to show up? We have watched him show up time and time again. And a way to remember that as a community, I think, is to celebrate communion together. Right? Communion is a way to remember the faithfulness of God, the self-giving love of Jesus. It's a way to remember what he has done as he continues to give himself to us in this place.